Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Alrighty then. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great to be here with you all. Thank you, Judy. We had a great holiday for those who are interested. Um, if you want to see our photos, look on Facebook. Michelle's Facebook page has got all the photos. It's good, Josh. That's a great place to sit. Number first reason is because you're going to hear the word and you're not going to get distracted. And you might also get washed with a shower as I spit on you. So two good reasons to sit in the front row. Amen. Hey, it was a really great time. Um, we went... I, I find holidays um, a bit difficult because I... I just want to do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and I often don't do them well. So I created some goals. The number one was have a great relationship with Jesus, great relationship with my wife, great relationship with my kids, um, and be safe. That was, and that was my main focus. And we, we pretty much achieved those things. I feel really refreshed in the Lord. Um, I feel really good. We spent, I took time going through 1 and 2 Samuel. Uh, fascinating books, man. Those guys are knuckleheads. Um, but you're seeing God's faithfulness. And then, great time, Michelle. M- Michelle caught a really big fish, if you saw it on Facebook. She caught a Jewfish off the beach. It was a bit of a, it was a, bit of a God thing. Um, we had a great time with the kids, too. We went to Sea World and Water World and Movie World and all those worlds and went to the beach and ate and caught waves and some really scary waves at Flynn's Beach, Colin. Very scary. They're massive. Um, we had a really good time. So thanks for letting us go. Thanks for being here when I come back. That's nice, too, eh? Um, believing for great things. Let's pray, then we'll go, yeah? So let's welcome those, welcome those online. It's a privilege having you guys with us. And we're going to pray and we're going to dive into the Word. Father, we want to thank you for this day, for this moment. We're going to thank you for this, for this opportunity, Lord, to be gathered together, whether in our lounge rooms, whether in the room. Father, we pray that today as we, as we meet, this will not just be another day, but this will be a special day, a unique day, where you powerfully touch our hearts, you touch our lives. God, that you bring transformation to our minds, not just a, in our own strength transformation, but a supernatural transformation that I, you give by your Spirit. Father, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit that's been given to us. And it's a Spirit who leads us into truth, who teaches us, who gives us wisdom, who helps us to understand you and transforms our lives. So, Father, we pray that all those things will happen by your Spirit today. Amen. Equip me for this task to preach your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today I want to begin a new series entitled Roadblocks to Freedom. This year we've, um, I've been working through 1 Thessalonians, and I started it in February, and I finished it just before I went away. It took us a long time to get through it. And towards the end of the year, into the beginning of next year, I want us to do a series around roadblocks to freedom. You know, it's, it's, it's God's will for your life and for my life that we live in freedom. Live in the freedom that Jesus has for us. And that's really important to put that on there. To live in the freedom that Jesus has for us. Because the world will talk about what freedom is and what freedom's not. But we need to be looking at what Jesus says is freedom. And the scriptures are full of promises that God has spoken to us, that Jesus has given to us about living in freedom. And in this series, I want us to look at what is the freedom that our Jesus has for us. But, but again, what are the blockages to that? You know, at the moment of conversion, your greatest freedom happens. And that is your freedom from the punishment that you deserve for your sin. 
from the freedom that I deserve from the punishment of my sin. That is the greatest freedom, that is the greatest miracle that our God ever does. But that's only the start of the journey. That's the biggest part, but it's the start of the journey. God doesn't get you saved and that's it. Your freedom journey is over. No, it's only the beginning. He deals with your sin and then he starts to transform you and change you, change your mindsets, change your attitudes, change your habits. He changes your priorities and he sets us free from the baggage of life. Our habits, our ungodly attitudes, our ungodly desires, he sets us free from those things as we go on the journey of, the Bible calls it, sanctification, which is about being, being made holy. And let me tell you, it's a journey. As I look back over my life, um, I wrote down some, some times where Jesus has brought freedom to my life. When I first got serious about Jesus at 17, the, uh, the uh, first thing that uh, Jesus dealt with was swearing. I used to swear like all the other kids did at East Hills Boys High School. But when God grabbed a hold of me, he showed me that wasn't right. And within a few months, God changed my swearing so that I no longer swear. Mate, I might say crap. Is that, is that a swear word? That's as bad as it gets. But the other words, I just, I, that's, that's been out of my vocabulary because God brought freedom in that area of life. Then I had wrong mindsets about relationships, dating relationships. I went into those relationships for what I could get out of it for, rather for what I could give to it. And Jesus brought freedom to my life in that area. I used to speak the truth, well, what I thought was the truth, but with very little love. And my wife tells me that I upset lots of people. My, my, my attitude was good. I was just trying to make things better. But I was speaking the truth without love, and God dealt with me in that area. And he brought freedom to my life. That truth without love is, is, is not good. You need truth with love together. I... Um, in my early 20s and in my teenage years, I wasn't really aware of my emotions. Um, really, I just didn't have much of an idea. And my wife and, and the grace of God started to break down those walls of understanding how I'm feeling, how, I'm, how am I feeling in that moment. God brought freedom in the area of my emotions. People-pleasing, I've shared this lots of times with the church. I grew up as a people-pleaser. God is breaking that, has, has broken that, continues to break that over my life. He's brought freedom. I used to want approval from father figures. Again, God's brought freedom in that area of my life. Easter this year, I worked out that I had rejection issues and I wanted the acceptance of others. Again, um, God is setting me free in that area. And the list goes on of the transformation that God has done in my life. And, and I share those things and they're real and they're honest because I'm just like you. I'm a person just like you. And we all have stuff in life and baggage and situations that we go through. And Jesus doesn't want us just to sit in them. And we see all these things about us that we're not happy with. Maybe it's an attitude, a habit, an addiction, a mindset. We have all this stuff going on in our life. And God doesn't want us to say, oh, well, that's just how it is. He wants us to go on a journey of freedom where we let go of that. And we pursue the life that Jesus has for us, living in the freedom that he has for us. And the thought I had as I was writing this message is that as I found greater freedom in my life, my influence increased. And I reckon that's a word for someone today. The greater freedom I found in my own life 
as I've dealt with my staff, as Jesus has worked in my life, the greater influence I've had in life as well. As we look at this um, roadblocks to freedom, people often get um, caught up in they desire to get free, but, they, but there's a blockage. They go, well, how do I get free? Um, do I even want to get free? And sometimes there are roadblocks, in other words, barriers that prevent us from getting free. And in this next few weeks, as I bring this series to you, I'm going to talk to you about some of the barriers that get in the way of us living in the freedom that Jesus has for our life. And the barrier that I want to talk to you today about is lack of vision. Now, when I use the word vision, I'm talking about a preferred future, where you're looking towards the future. And a lack of vision is where you're not looking towards the future, but you're simply living in today. And this is super important for the message today, because it's easy for us to say, well, this is who I am, this is how I do things, this is where I'm at, I've been this way for lots and lots of years, this is just who I am, without any desire to change, without any desire to get free. Where God has a vision for you, the scripture points very clearly that he wants you to be free. And one of the blockages we have is that we go, well, this is just who I am. I'm just going to sit in it. Could, could I possibly change? I've tried. Nothing's really changed. And we don't see a life in the future of freedom. We have a lack of vision of what life could be. And so we simply sit in what we're currently in. But the reality is God wants us free. He wants us to live a transformed life. He wants us to be fulfilling his call for us on the earth. And the, and the greater freedom we get, the greater we step into that calling that he has for us. Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, he says, I've come to give you life in abundance. Life to the full. And that's about getting free from our stuff in order to live the life that God wants us to live. And as we get free... We then live a life where we have greater influence on others. Here's a picture of the, um, the uh, coat of arms. Back in uh, 1908, King Edward II had a vision for this nation and, and he created this logo for the Australian government. And apparently he deliberately put these two animals, the kangaroo and the emu, on the logo is because, these, because the thing about these animals is that they can't go backwards, they can only go forwards. And King Edward II had a vision for this nation back in 1908 that Australia would be the country that continues to go forward and not stay where we are, not go back, but continue to go forward. And just like King Edward had a vision for this nation, we need to have a vision for our lives. To look at where are the areas where we're stuck? Where are the areas where we're not happy? Where are the areas that are out of alignment? with what Jesus wants for our life, and have a vision to get unstuck, have a vision to get free. And, and when you do this, you know what happens? Heaps of things happen. You know why a vision is important? A vision is important because it gives you a reason to get out of bed every day. It gives you a purpose. As you get free, you look back and say, wow, look what God did in my life, and you have a testimony of what he did, and I shared my testimony earlier. It motivates you. A vision gives you direction. It's something to look back on. 
A vision helps you step into God's purpose for your life. Fulfilling that vision will see God be glorified as he works in your life and you praise him. A vision is a good thing. It gives you joy, it gives you purpose, it gives you hope. We need a vision for our lives. But the scripture also talks about where there's no vision. And, it's, and, and, and I want to read you from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It's a pretty popular verse, and I'm going to read it to you in about five different translations of the Bible. Here's the first one. It says, this is from the, new, the, the NASB, or the New American Standard Bible. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. Again, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy are those who live God's way or keep the law. Here's the King James Version for you. Where there is no vision, the people, excuse me, the burping, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. And that's an Old Testament verse that bring it into the New Testament. The second part, those who live God's way, happy is he. Where there is no, where there is no vision, the people perish. Here's the ESV or the English Standard Version. Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Where there is no prophetic vision, where, where our God is not speaking into a situation, people cast off restraint. Here's the NIV. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. And the final one from the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. I love that. One more time. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. You know, in the scripture, it talks about those who have no vision or people who don't know what God is doing or don't know what God desires from you. And the first thing we need to say is that God's, God's word, the word of God is full of his desire for your life. We've got God's promises there for us today. And he talks about how he wants us to live. And when we don't have that, when we aren't thinking about the next thing or the future or what's to come, you know where we focus? We focus on today. They call it navel-gazing. It's not really appropriate, is it, doing that? Is it, Christy? I'm glad I turned that way. They call it navel-gazing. And, and, and the thing about, about navel-gazing is that it can get really, really um, depressing very quickly. Where you simply look at what's going on right now and you see all the negative things and you go, well, that relationship is, is not great. My relationship with Jesus isn't where I want it to be. Um, financially, we're struggling. We have dreams, but we're just stuck. We, we, we can't get out. I've got these habits and attitudes that are, are in my life, and I just don't want them there. And if you sit in that, that is not God's will for your life. And without knowing what God wants, without aligning yourself with what God wants, without pursuing what God wants, you simply sit in your current reality. When I was um, at the, my, my final year of high school, um, this is a sad story, one of my closest friends rang me up one night to say her dad had gone missing. Well, that's unusual. Is that unusual? Yeah, it's unusual. Um, and they couldn't find him. They tried to contact him and they couldn't contact him. And 
And a couple of days later, the police um, went to the door and said, um, your dad, husband, has committed suicide in the National Park, took his own life. And the thing about that for the family, it was they didn't expect that at all. He was in his late 40s, early 50s, I think. He left a wife and three teenage kids. And he left a note. And he said, there is no reason for me to live anymore because no one loves me. That was his reality. That's the thing that he could only see, that no one loved him, no purpose, no way forward, no vision. No, this can get better. No, there is another way. There is help out there. I can reach out. And if that story I just shared stirred something within you, please talk to someone. There's those life, lifeline places you can call, but talk to someone in our community if you're feeling that low. And that's an extreme example of what happens when we get so caught up in our, in our, in our negative stuff and we only look at it. Now, I, I, would, I would assume that most of us are not in that position today. Um, but when we get so focused in our stuff, it can lead to hopelessness. It can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety. We can lose interest in life. We can focus on all the problems. We can think there's no way out. There's no better way. We can lose heart. But that is not, but that is not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live with a vision because with a vision, it gives hope. It says that there is a new day that is coming, that this current reality is not permanent. There is freedom from this affliction. There is freedom from this difficulty. It motivates you into action. It gives you a reason to live. And, and, and you can get a glimpse of the abundant life that, that our Jesus has for you. Jesus wants us to live with the vision, not just in our own baggage, but in every area of life. If you're a young person at school, you know, the, the vision that... The, the, um, and sometimes we can pray and say, God, as a school kid, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in my life? How do you want me to live? And that's a, that's a really good prayer. But we also got to realize that the, that the Bible is full of God's instructions of how to live. Love God, love people. Work with your hands. And somewhere in the Bible, I think it's in Hezekiah chapter 1. Hezekiah's not really there, by the way. It says, do your homework, Aiden. Hezekiah chapter 1, do your homework. It's a joke, everyone. Do your homework. Study for your last exam, Joanna. You're going to do awesome. Um, as a young adult... You know, you'd be praying, God, who do I marry? Who do I marry? Well, the Bible says very, very clearly, marry a Christian. First step, start there. Is the person a Christian? If he's not, don't even go there. If she's not, don't even go there. The scripture's clear. What do I do with my life? You know, sometimes we pray and God, God will drop a thought in or God will um, speak to you through somebody else who, who recognizes the gift in you. Or you might have a gift and a passion that rises up within you. But I reckon, you know, sometimes God doesn't really care what you do with your life in some ways. In other words, what our job you should have. But what God does care about is that you honor him in that job, that you serve him in that job, and you see his kingdom come in that job. That's what he really cares about. Sometimes he speaks specifically, other times he doesn't. And we go with the principles of scripture and we live the life that God wants us to live. If we're newly married, God's vision for you, guess what it is? is to focus on your relationship with your spouse. If you're a parent, raise your kids really well. As you're a grandparent, invest, not just in your grandchildren, but look at those parents who are younger than you. Those parents with young kids like Hannah and go, how can I invest in Hannah's life? As, an, as, a, as a grandparent, what can I do 
to make her life easier? What, how can I love her and love her family? You know, we, we all have a vision that God is calling us to. We need to be asking him, God, what is next? What's my current reality? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to serve? What's my next step? Not only in my personal life, but in the lives of those around me. Here's a few scriptures. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, talking about our personal transformation. He says this, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. For those God foreknew, those who had become Christians, he destined them, he, des- he, he predestined them. His desire for them is that they would be conformed, not to the world, not to another Christian, not to your, the Christian that you idolize, but be conformed to who? Jesus, the image of his son. God wants you on a transformational journey to be more and more like Jesus. I share when I was... Um, when uh, God grabbed a hold of me at the age of 17, I used to swear like everybody else. And then God grabbed me and said, Nathan, that's not okay. And he gave me a vision. God said, swearing is no longer part of your future. And within a couple of months, God dealt with that. By the power of the Spirit and the deliberate choices I made, done, finished. That was 30-something years ago. No, less than that. 28 years ago. Or maybe more than that. I don't know. A long time ago. But then at Easter this year, as I said, God's, I was speaking to someone and God dropped in my heart, Nathan, you have issues around rejection. Now, why did God show me that? Was it to beat me up? Was it to squash me down? No. was to give me a vision to say, Nathan, you can live without rejection as a driver in your life. Rather than trying to people to accept you all the time, God's accepted you. Live in that place. Serve knowing that you're already accepted. Rather than being pulled and driven trying to get the acceptance of others. God gave me a vision. So what did I do about it? I went to LL Ministries and went to a day of training and prayer and I got heaps of freedom from that. Am I totally free? Not sure, but man, I've come a long way. God has set me free. It happened 30 years ago and it happened again this year. God is continuing to speak to me as you open his word, as you pray, as you're open to Christian community. God will continue to speak to you so that you'll be transformed into the image of his son. And as I said, it's not just about the internal. It's about living a life that pleases him with the influence of others in mind. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork or God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Those good works are about other people. God has prepared us, transforming us so that we will be a blessing to others. And it's about saying, God, what do you want me to do? And it's about your passion, it's about your gifting, it's about the promptings of the Spirit, and it's opening the Word of God and say, God, how do you want me to live? Because it is super clear from the Scriptures how God wants us, how God wants us to live. And you know what? It's, it's not just true in our individual lives where we need to have a vision. It's true in organizations. And at LifeGate Church, we have a vision for our church, and it's to see people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus has for our lives. And it's not just some phrase that we sprout, we're actually deliberate. Kim, who's now leading our prayer, our prayer ministry team, I've been away for six weeks and I've heard incredible things about it. And those that have had prayer with Kim are like speaking so highly of it. The team's currently getting prayer and um, getting free and talking about the process and they're really excited. And next year, we're going to be opening up the church. 
We put this in place because we want to see you free. And prayer ministry is a really important piece of the puzzle in getting free. We're deliberate in training leaders in our school of leadership because we know that leaders make a difference because leadership is about influence. And so we're deliberate in doing that. We're getting um, foundations, which, our, which, is, which is our discipleship, 11-week discipleship course, online. It's out there. It's available in paper format. And Deb's created all the videos. We're currently doing the voiceover. And as of Vision Sunday next year, we're going to be releasing this online to the world because we want to see lives transformed. And that's one of the tools that God has given us to see lives transformed. We're deliberate about seeing people live in the freedom and the purpose that Jesus has for our lives. And I invite you today to be a part of that vision, to say, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not only going to be deliberate to get free in my own stuff, in my own baggage, but I'm going to choose to step out and honour God, but I'm going to choose to also align myself with what LifeGate Church is doing. This is the church that God has planned in me. I'm here, God's put me here, and I'm going to get on board with what God is doing here. I love, Danny, you regularly share our... Um, this is what happened on Sunday at LifeGate. Thank you for sharing that. And the more that people share our social media posts, the ghost of your friendship group, the better. The more people that say, hey, would you consider um, going through foundations with me? Finding someone who's open to Christianity. Maybe they pray. Maybe they're open to a conversation. Find people who are close and say, hey, would you be interested in sitting down with me and talking about Christianity for, an hour? Christianity for about an hour or so? And then taking through foundations week after week. We're going to see lives transformed. I encourage you to invite. When's the last time you invited someone to church so they can hear the message of Jesus? And today's message is that Jesus wants to set people free. And do your family and your friends need that? Do, those in, do your neighbours need that? Do those in your street need that? To those online, you can invite them to our online service. People need freedom. And true freedom is found in Jesus. Please join us in this journey of seeing people live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for our lives. So as we come to the end of this message, you know, without a vision, you're just stuck in your reality, you're navel-gazing, you're currently looking at your own stuff. You can lose heart. Yeah, come on down, worship team. Thanks, Rube. Thanks, Hannah. Without a vision, you know, it's easy to lose heart, lose hope, lose interest. Start looking at the problems. We think there's no way out. There's no better way. We get caught up in the now. We can get really depressed and really low. But with a vision, a God-given vision, where we read his word and we say, this is what God wants in my life. Therefore, I'm going to go after that. You know what it does? It gives you hope. It says that there is a new day that's coming. It says your current reality is not permanent. There is freedom from that affliction. There is freedom from that difficulty. It gives hope. It motivates you to action. It gives you a reason to live. And by pursuing that freedom, you step into the abundant life that Jesus has for you. So as we, as we get closer to the end, three questions to ask you is this. The first one. So where are you stuck? Where are you stuck? If you looked at your life right now, where, where aren't you happy? What part of your life isn't aligned with what God has for you, God's best for you? What part of your life? 
Where are you stuck? The second question, what is God's vision for you in that area? What does God want for you? If it's swearing, God doesn't want you swearing anymore. If it's an addiction, God wants you free from that addiction. If it's a sickness, He doesn't want you living in that sickness. And the last question is, how are you going to pursue the vision that God has for you? What are you going to do about it? This is the get real, the take action questions. Is it go to prayer ministry? Is it come to the front at the end of this service and say, God, I'm stuck. God, I need you in Jesus' name. Meet me here. Maybe it's a book you need to read. Maybe it's a friend you need to get alongside of. Get, a, get alongside them and get accountability. Maybe you need to pray with someone and do the journey of getting free. How are you going to get free today? What's the steps you need to take? As you look at these questions online, I don't want you just to look at the screen and those in the room just look at the screen and say, Nathan's talking, whatever. I want you to actually consider these questions. Where are you stuck? What's God's vision for you in that area? And what are you going to do to pursue the vision that God has? There's a story about George Washington, who was the first president of the United States. And when he was a young boy, he, he decided to help his dad out. His, his dad wasn't home. And he, he went in the backyard and he, and he saw a cherry tree, apparently, that didn't have any cherries or didn't have any leaves on it. He thought it was dead. And as a way of helping his dad, he decided to cut that tree down and stack up the firewood in a nice, neat pile. And when, uh, so he cut the tree down, stacked up the firewood, and when Dad came home, young George Washington stuck his chest out, very, very proud. But his dad stood there thinking, hmm. And he went over to young George and patted him on the head. Little did George Washington know that a cherry tree loses its leaves and looks dead in winter in preparation for spring, where it all comes to life. And I share that story because some of us, are looking at our problems, our strongholds, like that dead, so-called dead cherry tree. We're looking at it and we're saying, it's rough, it's hard, I'm stuck, I can't get out, I'm in this, this is so difficult, but let me tell you, spring is coming. God can set you free. God has a vision for your life for you to walk free in every area where you're stuck, every area where you're stuck. He wants to set you free. So as the band leads us in this song, we're going to sing Waymaker. I invite the prayer team to come forward. And if you want prayer today, if you're saying, you know what, God, I am stuck. I do need to get set free. I've been walking in this too long. Today is the day. Today is the day of freedom. If you want that today, come forward and stand with one of the prayer, the prayer team and we'll pray for you and we will believe that today will be the day of you to be free. Let's worship. Let's stand. For those online and those in the room, your first step of freedom is by committing your life to Jesus. If you've never committed your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. Pray this prayer with me to commit your life to Jesus. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that prayer, just join his family. You've just been forgiven of your sin. And the punishment for your sin is now dealt with. It's now over. It's, it's, it's done. 
And as I've said in the message, this is the first step in the journey. I live in a life where God moves you and transforms you and changes you to be more like Him. We're going to close the service to those online and say goodbye. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next time. And for those in the room, there's prayer. I've offered the prayer team and no one's... Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.